Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of the National Fan Loop. This is Alex, here with my man, Sean, who has a lot to say today. And we're going to get, I really, really want to hear from him today because it's all Jets all day. And we have a quarterback change officially. And even though Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson's career is not over as a Jet, we all know for damn sure that's not the case. And I really want to hear from Mike White's number one fan, Sean, over here. So, Sean, take it away. All right. Uh, I've been waiting for this day for a while. I've been saying this for over a year that Zach Wilson's time needs to come to an end. I know, you know, he's only in his second year. I get it. He's a young kid. He's, But for once, I actually agree with Stephen A here, and I believe that he is a boy playing in a man's game. I, I feel that he is just completely overwhelmed when he takes the field, that he's more scared than he is confident. And I feel like that obviously has cost the Jets some games. Yes, the Jets weren't made to be good last season and obviously are shocking everyone with how good they've been this season. But the defense has held us to being six and four. And, you know, if you just had one decent offensive drive last week against the Patriots, then we're talking about the team that's seven and three because it was just made to happen that we lose on the only punt return touchdown you know, of the season with less than 30 seconds to go. It, it was perfect. It was made for us to lose. Like we, we could only hold on for so long. And uh, you know, when, when you have two yards of offense in the second half, negative 21 passing yards in the second half, and you don't even cross your own 35 yard line in the entire second half, there's gotta be a change there, you know? So Zach Wilson played terrible, but what made him get benched was the, non-accountability the constant for the third time this season no I don't think I cost this no it's not my fault no I don't think it's on me you know it's a team effort yeah yeah it is a team effort but clearly you are the reason why the offense the other half of the game is not scoring points you know you can't can't rely on defense score you points every time like you know the defense can only hold it for so long and to hold New England and that offense to three points in New England against Bill Belichick and all that, that's that's unbelievable and remarkable. I love that. That was the best part of the game. But it was it was so hot and cold for me because I'm watching this Jet team. I'm like, wow, I love this team. This team is so good. And then I see number two take the field, and I'm like, damn it. We still have him under center because it's like you know what's about to happen. You know there's three plays coming, and then he's off the field. And then the, you, you're trusting the defense to maybe get an interception, some sort of turnover to give, you know, uh, our kicker Greg Zerline some sort of field goal opportunity because you know Zach's not going to bring it there. And so I, I'm glad that this has finally happened because, one, I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I really wanted it to be Joe Flacco because Joe has been in this situation before trying to get a team into a playoff spot. But – I do understand Mike White had some really nice flashes last season. He really showed that he can be a starter somewhere. Um, there are times where he looks incredible, like he did last year against the Bengals. You know, obviously that team went to the Super Bowl, but he threw for 400 yards. You know, like you saw it that he's got incredible potential. But then you also see him, you know, against like the Bills or or the Titans, and you know, clearly struggles. So. I'm hoping when we play the Bears this week that we have the the Mike White that we trust and he 
performs and has a great game. Um, I like the move because I think it's perfectly, it's perfect for the team to move in a different direction. I think, yes, I do think Zach Wilson will won't play anymore, but at the same time, if Mike White continues to really struggle, um, I think they'll probably put Zach Wilson back as the backup and try Joe Flacco. But if Joe Flacco gets hurt, like that's the only way I can see Zach Wilson getting back into it. But I think his time is done. Thank God. Uh, the thing is that, that that's going to come up is what will the Jets do after this, after this year? And I know people are already joking around with the idea of Geno Smith trying to come back. Please, for the love of God, do not bring that man back to this organization. I'm sick of that man. Don't do it. <laughs> But Jimmy G will obviously be a huge name out there with probably competing with the Giants if they don't want to bring back Daniel Jones. You know, there will be suitors. Clearly, Jimmy G's time in San Francisco is coming to an end. Uh, San Francisco clearly believes in Trey Lance. I don't know why, but they do. And uh, Jimmy G will probably end up in New York. It just depends on which team. But for the Jets, man, I love it. I love the move because... It's time to get a competent quarterback back under center. The Jets haven't had a real quarterback, uh, not to be rude, but a real quarterback since 2009, uh, 2010, Mark Sanchez. And really before that, 2008, Brett Favre, 2007, Chad Pennington. Because every year since then, it's been a joke. 2011, Sanchez was awful. You know, you go into the Geno Smith era, that was awful. Don't ever mention that man's name. Can't stand him. Then you got Josh McCowns, you got the Ryan Fitzpatrick's. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick had that one really good year in 2015. I'll give him that. Uh, but then Sam Darnold was an absolute bust. You know, it's just been a train wreck, it, almost a clown show for the last decade of what this Jets team has brought to the table offensively. And uh, you can clearly see it. Elijah Moore's, you know, the Joker of the team because he he is he's posting pictures of him playing quarterback or at least making it seem like it, you know, the, the team's tired. The team is really tired. They know that they're a good team. The defense knows that they're a really good team. And when you have a team that wants to make the playoffs and is shocking everyone with how good they are. And then you got this kid, this boy who is clearly overwhelmed at quarterback and nothing's happening. Then yeah, players are going to get frustrated Players have mortgages. Players have homes. Players have to feed their, you know, families. They, every game is so important to them that their career can end tomorrow. So, you have to do what's best for the team. And finally, I'm really glad that they were very proactive with this. And after the the media circus and you know the the post game press conference of pretending like he wasn't, you know, responsible for the way he played the last couple of weeks, I'm glad. I know that people are saying, oh well, he's five and two this year as a starter. Yeah, I get that, but the defense is what made him 5-2. and two. And the two losses are 1,000% on him. The defense could have made him 7-0. and oh. So I'm glad that the move is happening. I'm glad that the Jets are taking the step forward. I'm just hoping that Mike White can produce to be some sort of starter-level quarterback. But if it doesn't, I hope Joe Flacco can get a chance too because he's done this before. He's won a Super Bowl before, and I want the Jets to, to obviously – the best that he can to succeed and make the playoffs and maybe even get a win in there too. So let's go. Go Jets. I'm going to let you take a breath here. Let me just chime in real fast on what you just said. It's just kind of tough being in that position 
where your defense is just so good and you have this one guy on the opposite side of the ball that is just not doing his job. It's ha- you know it's just one of those frustrating things. It reminds me of the early 2000 Dolphins where we have a great defense and we had Jay Fiedler, you know? You know, you know Jay Fiedler did a commendable job to say at best, but we know, you know, he cost us a lot of games and during those times. So, you know, I agree with the move. I agree with the with the timing of it. I thought that post-game press conference was despicable to not use another word. It was it was it was cowardly, to be honest with you. It really, really was. Because anybody with two eyes can see what's going on here. You can see that it's not you cannot put you cannot give the credit to Bill Belichick here. It's not his defense that's literally causing you to throw negative 21 yards in the second half. That's unheard of. That's not defensive dominance. That's quarterback incompetency. It really is that. And then, you know, Dan Arlovsky did a great breakdown of just the throws and the wide open receivers that he missed those patterns. He had Denzel Mims wide open for a touchdown, never saw him. He had, he had Garrett Wilson running away from the defensive back, did not see him, you know, it would have been an easy pitch and catch throw in stride. And then ultimately, to, and you know, who, and you know who does see those throws are the, the offensive linemen. They see those throws right in front of them that are, that are available. And when you miss them, you lose them. And when you lose them, they don't protect as well as they should. So that is a very tough job for Robert Sala right now. Somebody tweeted it this morning is that you have two options. You either Ben Zach Wilson and lose him as a player, meaning, you know, mentally he'll check out or you don't bench him and you lose the rest of the team. That's exactly. And, and, and of course you did, they, they did the right thing. You cannot lose that team. That defense is way too good. It's way too talented. They are playoff ready right now as a defense. They're more than ready playoff wise, but obviously the offense needs to catch up and they're miles behind. So hopefully this move puts them in the right direction, even though I don't want them to succeed as a Dolphin fan. I want to see good teams do well. And that's a very good defense. And they they put in the work. They drafted correctly. And you want to see the fruits of that labor, you know, grow and flourish. And right now you're just seeing a sad sack at quarterback. And I'm glad they made that move. I've I've seen this before with 2009-2010 Jets, where the Jets had the best defense in football for those two years, the two years we made the AFC Championship. But everyone knew that the kryptonite was Mark Sanchez. And Mark Sanchez had a better year in 2010, but those 12 touchdowns and 20 interceptions in his rookie year was what cost us from scoring more than 16.5 points a game. And we were relying on the defense to, to only allow up to two touchdowns. And the fact that we made it to the AFC Championship game just shows how Super Bowl-ready we really were. And if we just had the competent quarterback, something above average, an above-average quarterback, we could have made it. And every year I think of, like, we just spoke off-air when the Saints won the Super Bowl. I think about that that Super Bowl, and I think the Jets could have been there. You know, the Jets, obviously they lost to the Colts in the AFC Championship game, but we were better than the Colts that year. And we had Peyton's number but we just had no offense to beat Indy's defense. And same thing the following year where we, we were another super great team, but we just couldn't get past the Steelers and defense. And then the Packers won their Super Bowl. but we were better than the Packers. We just didn't have the offense to be better than them because we, you know, Sanchez was on the center 
And I'm glad we just didn't have a backup then. You know, our backup was Kellen Clemens and then eventually Mark Brunel, who was 38-39, barely could throw more than 10 yards. So it's really good to see that you have Joe Flacco, and that's why nowadays, you know, in the modern NFL, why it's so important to have a backup quarterback because the, the league is getting faster and you never know when you're going to need it. And so now I'm really happy to have, you know, Mike White and Joe Flacco to hopefully take the reins and lead this team to a playoff run. I agree, man. I agree. Having a backup is a, is a big deal these days. That's for sure. All right now let's move on to a different side of town. Uh, we have a conundrum going on between the Giants and the Cowboys. Maybe some other teams uh, are in the mix, but Odell Beckham is making his uh, presence felt on the Twitter space. And he's obviously likely going to make a decision sometime after Thanksgiving as far as where he's going to sign. Um, just so happens that the Giants are playing the, the Cowboys this weekend. And, you know, those are the two favorites. We talked about it that, you know, it's it's like you said, off air, it's legacy versus Super Bowl in all likelihood. And he could go back to the Giants and, you know, do well there because obviously they have a, one of the thinnest receiving cores in the entire league. Or he could just be a very, very valuable contributor like he was last year with the Rams and go to the Cowboys and kind of play second fiddle to CeeDee Lamb and just be a part of that offense instead of being a standout part of that offense. So personally, I can see him. I can see all this pull from the Cowboys working in the end. That's just the way that I feel because I, they just show so much desire there. And not to mention – you know, you do have a better quarterback that would could throw you the ball here. So my opinion is he's going to end up a cowboy. He just seems like, you know, he needs to wear that uniform at some point in his career. <laughs> and that's, that's, um that's probably this year in all likelihood for in my, as, as far as my estimation goes, how do you feel? Honestly, I, um I was talking about this with you off air and I think it's a win for him short term. If he's a cowboy. Um, and I think he ends up with the Cowboys because I think his, who he is and, you know, his, his desire to win might still, you know, be there after winning a Super Bowl last year and want another playoff run and a serious one. Cause I think the Giants will make the playoffs too, but I don't know if they'll really get past, you know, playoff football is so different and, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to get past whoever that they have to in the first round. Um, but I was, I was saying this to you off air. I think if he goes to the Cowboys with five games left, you know, cause I'm assuming he doesn't play, you know, not this, obviously he's not playing this week, but the following week, I don't think he'll play either to learn the playbook, get, get his reps going, or maybe get a couple, you know, maybe he'll play, but a couple, you know, snaps here and there. But I think if he wants to win, he'll go to the Cowboys and go for it all, whatever, and be a number two in potentially a slot and, and try to be, Something and 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 obviously try to win a Super Bowl again with the Cowboys, who have been desperately trying to get back to the Super Bowl for decades and you know whatnot. But with the Giants, I think if he goes to the Giants, you know he can he can leave on better terms. I think if he goes to the Giants, he'd be basically a number one receiver for them uh, almost immediately by Week 14. He'd probably start getting you know um, full time snaps. And I think he could pile up in five games around 400 yards, maybe even more. 
and can, you know, be the number one guy going into the playoffs, be with Saquon Barkley one more time. The both of them can go into free agency and, you know, they could figure out what they want to do there. They could go there separate ways, whatever. Both come back as giants. But I think he would leave his his legacy would be so much better if he went back to New York and left on a better chapter. The end of the chapter on a better note, so to speak. And and then I think if he has a great year or a great, you know, last quarter with the Giants, he could get a good contract with whoever he wants to play with. Because I think if he goes to the Cowboys and he's a number two, maybe even number three, I think, you know, he'll get a decent one-year deal and go to some other team or whatever, because I don't think the Cowboys would bring him back. I think he'll, you know, he'll go to a contending team and be a number two, number three there, maybe for another year or two before he finishes, you know, his career. But I think if he goes to the Giants and has 400 yards in five games, I think that he can either go back to the Giants, because I think the Giants will offer him a decent deal to go back to the Giants. And because their, you know, their core is already as, as limited as it is, and it even if they don't go out and get someone, you could still go back and get Odell and offer him a decent deal. And then you can use that decent deal from the Giants and use it with other teams who want Odell as well and say, this is what it takes to get me. So I think for his career on a short term, go to the Cowboys. Try to win. You know, you, your best bets with the Cowboys. But if you're thinking about your career for the next three years, go to the Giants. This is my opinion. I'm not saying this is truth, but go to the Giants. You know, have an incredible ending to your chapter with New York. Do great things. Make the playoffs with them. You know, be that spark that the Giants desperately need in the wide receiver position. And then come back to the Giants 2023 or take your talents elsewhere with a decent contract. That's what I would do. That's fair. I mean, it. It's it's nice to have these options. It's nice to have these these you know legacy creating moments, and this is definitely one of them for Odell. He's actually he's obviously in the he's primish of his career. You know, a little bit past his primish career, he hasn't really been significant as far as a NFL superstar superstar in a while. But he obviously he's a he's still very talented. He can contribute and he can he can be that piece to push a team over the edge uh, for a for a Super Bowl. Or run like we saw last year. That's he would have exactly, been a, he would have been a Super Bowl MVP if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that's exactly why I was considering him going back to the Giants. He would be a superstar in New York immediately coming back. Right, he was their favorite player, everyone's favorite player. Everyone probably still has the Odell jerseys. You know, people. He would be a, an immediate superstar coming back. The Giants fans would love him to come back because obviously it ended poorly. But after like two years of being with the Browns. And, and his trade rumors were coming up. You know, oh, he's going to go to the Jets. Oh, he's going to go back to the Giants or whatever. People were already like, oh, let's get him back. I love that guy. And to him, for him to go back there, he would go right back to being a superstar. Like when Cam Newton went back to Carolina last year. Immediate superstar. Carolina loved him for the last X amount of weeks until obviously they saw that he wasn't an NFL quarterback anymore. It's been, it'd been too long. But for when he had come back, he was a superstar again. I think that's what he would have in New York. He'd be that superstar. He'd be what the team needs or the team could you know, rely on, what the fans can rely on, and to be his former self. And I think he would thrive under that because he loves that energy. He loves knowing that he's the man. You know, he saw it in L.A. When he finally got comfortable in L.A., he was the man. Him and Cooper. Obviously, there were other people around him, Higby and stuff like that. But 
he had become so important to the LA offense. And obviously would have been, like you said, the Super Bowl MVP. I think he would be huge for the Giants and for that fan base and for him as well and his future in the NFL. Last storyline that we want to talk about here is the the sudden news of Sean Payton coming back as a head coach in the NFL. Already supposedly linked to two teams, the Cardinals and the Chargers. Um, obviously, we see the way that the Cardinals season is going. It's just it's a plane crash. It is just going downhill fast. Uh, uh, the way that he's coddled Kyler Murray and handled that whole situation. Um, you have the Chargers situation where you know the Chargers are so talented they just can't get over that Kansas City hump and but you know they, uh, out of the two teams they have the better quarterback in my opinion and you know so both situations are tailor-made for somebody like Sean Payton um, so I feel that one of those vacancies one of those teams will have a vacancy that's almost guaranteed uh, it all depends if the Chargers actually make the playoffs this year if they miss the playoffs, I can definitely see them moving on from from Brandon Staley. Um, I don't think Brandon Staley is a is a it was ever a really great fit in general. I didn't know Brandon Staley before he got there, but as I've seen him in that role, it's become clear that I feel the dude is over his head. Sean Payton's still, rights are still belong to the Saints, so if this if any one of those teams wanted to get Sean Payton's services, they would have to make some kind of arrangement with the Saints some kind of trade or something along those lines. So personally, I, I, I know he probably prefer the chargers. I see he's been to charger games during his downtime. So I know he's around and he's looking, but I think the Arizona job is more guaranteed to happen because I definitely think they're moving on from Kingsbury. But again, this league is better with Sean Payton in it. He's still young. He's one of the best coaches in NFL history, in my opinion. And he definitely has a lot more to give to this game. What do you think about it? It's going to come down to the Chargers, the Cardinals, and I do think the Raiders. Um, I think Josh McDaniels is an awful coach. I've said this for years. I think he's never been made to be a head coach. I think that's why there were two separate times where he was about to be the head coach and then he withdrew. I think he internally believes he's not made to be a head coach and to always be you know, Belichick's little sidekick. And I think – I think he gets fired, especially with how the Raiders have been playing. If they finish the year at un under five wins, I definitely think the Raiders will fire him. And I could see him being part of the Raiders um, organization. I, I also could see him being part of Arizona because Arizona has, has cared about its coaching for the longest of times. They always think of coaching first and having the best possible coach out there. And I think that they'll offer whatever it takes to get Peyton while the Chargers, like we were speaking off air, I don't know if the Chargers are really willing to go all in to get something like Peyton because Peyton doesn't really – Peyton's going to cost a lot. And the Chargers, I don't know the Chargers to ever go all in on paying on a high-leverage coach. You know, They've had Norv Turner under helm for almost a decade, if not more, and they relied on that and that, that sweet contract that they gave him. And – I just think that they're not built to go all in on, on head coaches like that. So I think it really comes down to the Cardinals are the favorite. And if the Raiders make themselves a real contending team, then I could see him going to the Raiders as well. And same thing with the Chargers. The Chargers want to go big and offer a high leverage deal for 
someone like Sean Payton, who's one of the you know, top five, top 10 best coaches in NFL history. And you could do that. So it, it really depends on how much the Chargers are willing to give for a head coach, how much, and if they can be outbid or if they can outbid the Cardinals or the Raiders, which I think the Raiders one is, is almost set in stone. I could be wrong, but I just think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I could definitely see the Raiders moving on more from Derek Carr than I can see them moving on from McDaniels after one season, even though I completely agree with you. I think McDaniels is trash, personally. But um, but I can definitely see them making a move at quarterback more so than the head coach at this point. Uh, you know, give him a chance to kind of get his own guy in for a season and see see if they can do something there. Um, you know, been floating around that maybe they could do a trade, just Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers straight up. I like to see that. <laughs> so yeah, something along those lines is probably is probably I think in the in the in the mix for for the Raiders, but yeah, definitely seeing Champagne back in the league would be great. Thanksgiving, it's always the best day of the year for football. Even though I don't know about the schedule this year, not you know it just didn't turn out the way that I'm sure they anticipated. But you know we do have three games. Uh, the Lions always have the twelve o'clock game. They play the Bills this year. Uh, so Bills at the Lions, Bills coming off that gritty win, you know, in Detroit against the Browns. Um, you know, it was mostly it was a lot of field goals, and you know they really grinded that one out to to get the to get the W there. Then again, the Lions have won three in a row. They're making some noise. They just had a huge win in New York against the Giants. Again, I'm not surprised that they won. The Giants are what they are with that with that that offense, you know, they solely depend on Saquon. You shut down Saquon, you shut down everybody. So the Lions are streaking, but then again, this Bills is a juggernaut of a team still. You know, Josh Allen's getting healthier week to week, and it doesn't seem like the elbow's an issue anymore. So for me, I'll take the Bills all day long in this game. I can see some points, um, but I don't think the Lions can put up enough against Buffalo. What do you think? I think... Now that Buffalo will get a full 10 days in Detroit, I think the, the circumstances, obviously, after that snowstorm of hitting 50 inches and being in it for the storm and leaving right after the storm, um, it was pretty uh, intense there for a while. I think they got into Detroit pretty late and, you know, obviously played a, a great football game to, you know, beat the Browns. But I think now after being in Detroit for, over a week and you know now they're comfortable they they stayed you know and they they had the home game but they chose to stay in the visitors locker room because they you know it'd be it'd be easier for them to just be accustomed to it I think and and not to take away from Detroit but I think that you know Detroit had a great run and still is having great football I think they figured out the Giants they got a great win but I I think the Bills will come in there and to be honest with you if i had to predict this score i'm going with 41 to 21 bills that's fair i mean a lot of injuries on the lions end so that was a very tough win for for them against the giants you know there there was consequences there a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball so we'll see but yeah i could definitely see the bills really taking it to them this week uh, four o'clock game, Giants in Jerry World against the Cowboys. Uh, 
I was obviously not impressed with what I saw from the Giants. And they, you know, they lost Wandale Robinson for the season at the receive, you know, and they're very thin at receivers. There's not a lot of playmakers on that offense in general, besides Saquon. And I'm sure the Cowboys are gonna take the same game plan, just try to shut down Saquon as best they can. And that's probably gonna be enough to beat them this week. The Cowboys, I'm sure, are favored by a lot, and they are. They're favored by 10. So I can see the Cowboys just really putting a number on the Giants. They just put a number on Minnesota. Cowboys are playing good football right now. They're inspired. They made a change at running back, kind of giving Zeke the backseat to Tony Pollard, which is the right move. Pollard is more of a home run hitter. So give me the Cowboys all day long here, and I do not expect this game to be even remotely close at any point. See, I, I, I think... I think the Cowboys win in the Odell Bowl because this is the Odell Bowl game. That's that's what I've been calling it for the last two weeks. Um, I think the Cowboys do win this one, but I've said this to you off air. I've said this to a couple people. I just feel like the Cowboys don't really perform under the you know the bright lights. It was it was Thanksgiving last year where they were facing the Raiders, and I thought that they had that Raiders game down pat, but the Raiders beat them down the entire game in a game that. The Cowboys desperately needed to win and should have won. And I, I kind of been seeing it over and over again. We saw the Cowboys in the playoffs too against San Francisco, a game that they should have won. And they clearly were outperformed again. It, it Sometimes with them, like during primetime games, I just don't know if they, if the lights are just too bright for them. I don't know what it is. It's just bad luck. But I think the Giants will come out hungry in the first half. I think they are desperate to win a football game and, and not be potentially in last place by the end of this week in their division, because you know, how good the commanders have been lately, but you can't, they don't want to lose to the Cowboys in the season, like the jets with the Patriots, you know, you you don't want that because at that point you're already battling for a tough playoff seed with, and you would have to beat the Cowboys in the standings to even, you know, get close. But I do think the Cowboys will win this one. And you know, the Giants have way too many injuries on the wide receiver core, obviously, but they already have listed eight guys out. It's and there's four more questionable. It's just not a good look for the Giants right now. And they're, you know, very hurt and very damaged and beat up right now. I think the Cowboys do take advantage and do win this game. Do I think by 10? Yeah, I do think by 10 by the end of the game, but I do think the first half is going to be really fun. And this is probably going to be one of the best games of the week. You're more optimistic than I am there. Uh, last game of the Thanksgiving slate, Patriots at the Vikings. The Patriots are probably the most boring 6-4 and four team in NFL history, to be honest with you. They just, you know, fluky. You know, obviously they have their game plan. It's mostly defense-related and running the ball just relentlessly. And, you know, that's that's the format you have to take against the Vikings, you know, to keep that offense off the field, even though that offense was in existence against the Cowboys this past week. Um, the Vikings are due for a bounce back. You know, that was, that's not them. That's not their type of performance that they're used to. You know, they do, they, they have a very good offense and they usually show it. Um, I don't think they're going to put up, uh, they're going to light up the scoreboard against the Patriots. Again, they're way too good defensively. They do way too many good things as far as running the ball goes. So I still like the Vikings to win. They're favored by two and a half because they're at home. This is going to be a very ugly game. I don't see anybody really having a standout performance. You could probably, you know, Jefferson's going to get his. He needs, he's due for a bounce back after the disappointing game last week. I like the Vikings to win, but again, it's going to be one of those ugly, kind of boring, 
games and you hate that for the the game of the of Thanksgiving that you're recovering from all the food. So, you know, it's probably gonna put a lot of people to sleep. What do you think? To be honest with you, I think the Vikings have a lot they want to get off their chest with how that Cowboys game ended last week. That was one of if not the biggest uh annihilation I've seen this year. And uh I think the Vikings are gonna use all that anger and all that pain from last week and put it on the Patriots. And uh I don't even I don't think the Patriots get more than 14 points. I don't think the Patriots offense is even built to do that against high leverage teams like this, but I do think the Vikings win this one. I would say 31-13, you know, uh I I don't think the Vikings will you know, annihilate them, but I do think that they'll run it up a little bit towards, you know, the fourth quarter. And uh, I think this game is clearly Vikings from the first snap all the way to the end that the Vikings will have complete control of this game. Yeah, it's it's definitely kind of playing out that way uh, from the early going. So we'll see what happens. So the Houston Texans and Kyle Allen at quarterback are visiting my Miami Dolphins this week. And yeah, I don't anticipate much going on here. This game should not be close. Uh, I anticipate a lot of running from the Dolphins. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. You might even see some some Savannah Ahmed in the game at, at some point because, you know, I don't think the Dolphins, other than the Texans can do much against this Dolphins team after a bye week. Um, they're healthy. They're ready to really light them up. I can see this game getting out of hand pretty, pretty early. Uh, Dolphins are favored by 13 and a half. Seems like a lot, but against what we saw, this Texan seems due last week against the Washington Commanders. There's just not much going on there. They're one eight and one. Uh, I don't see much going on here. Dolphins all the way. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Dolphins all the way. Keep this quick. Um, I think that this is a, a blowout as well. And uh, I can see Teddy Bridgewater entering this game by the middle of the third quarter because it's not going to be close at all. Um, it's going to be tough for a lot of Tua fantasy owners on whether to put him in or not because I don't think he'll finish this game. Um, I think that this game will be more than a four-touchdown lead for the, for the Dolphins. I think the Texans will come out some heart in the first, maybe even the second quarter, but I think the Dolphins are just too good, too fast, and much, much better of a football team. And uh, this game will not be close. And uh, it's a perfect perfect time to get Kyle Allen in there because there's no expectations at all, and you could just let him – you know, run this offense and let him do whatever he's got to do. But I think the Dolphins take this one and improve to eight and three very easily. I agree. Uh, a suddenly rejuvenated Tampa Bay Buccaneer team going to Cleveland to face off against the Browns. I'm not sure if weather has any factor in this game or not. I haven't really looked into it. But again, the Bucks coming off their bye week, they've won two games in a row. Have they looked great doing it? They looked pretty good against against Seattle in the game in Germany. And the way they looked better was making that switch at running back, giving Rashad White a, a little bit more work than Leonard Fournette, because ultimately Leonard Fournette hey, has some miles on him. You know, he did a lot in LSU. He's done a lot in this league already. And it might be, it might be showing uh, all of a sudden. So giving the young kids some, some work, a lot of work really went a long way in that victory against Seattle. So you could probably see a little bit more of a, obviously a 50-50 split, more of a committee going going with Rashad White being the more dynamic back. 
And because of that, and just the fact that the Browns cannot stop anybody on the ground anymore. They, you know, one of the worst rushing teams in the league is Buffalo and Buffalo just ran all over them. And, you know, then after what Miami did to them the week before, uh, this is not a very good Browns defense, defensive line right now against the run. So I see the Buccaneers keeping this on the ground, keeping it simple. A couple plays from Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and call and call it a day. Buccaneers are going to win this game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think there, I don't think there'll be a time that we'll ever see Tom Brady not make the postseason. And, you know, with these games like this, where you got a three and seven Browns team, I, I don't think, you know, Tom Brady will let this game slide either. Um, I think, you know, after the bye, the Buccaneers are feeling rejuvenated. They're feeling better. They, they've had a bunch of team meetings and I think that they come in and uh, make not quick work, but I think it's a, uh, I think it's a game where you, Never see it get out of hand, and uh, I I do think the Buccaneers will win this game by a touchdown or more. Yeah, that's what everybody thinks as well. As far as the the odds go, uh, next game Bengals at the Titans. Very interesting game. You got two teams that are hitting their stride at the right time. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If the Titans play the game that they played last week against the against the Packers, week in and week out, they're practically unbeatable. That game plan was amazing. You know, they fed Derrick Henry and they fed him a lot, which is what you have to do because obviously he wears people down after 15 carries. And Tannehill looked great. He was 22 for 27, threw for over 300 yards. Robert Woods had a great game. Traylon Burks had a great game. Austin Hooper had a couple touchdowns. So, again, when it, when the Titans are like that, they are very tough to beat, especially with that improved defensive line that they have that totally makes up for their lack of talent in the secondary. Uh, the Bengals are getting healthier, even though they likely will be without Joe Mixon here. He's probably out with a concussion. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan had three touchdowns last week. Uh, T. Higgins had a monster game, but you might have Jamar Chase back. And that's really kind of the, the, the person here. If Jamar Chase comes back for this game, as he's expected to, and the Bengals are in that full force uh, offensively, they'll be tough to beat. Uh, right now, they're going to Tennessee and are favored by less than a field goal. This is going to be a very close game. But I'll be honest with you, I kind of like the Titans. I feel that Derrick Henry will eventually wear these wear out the Bengals, even though the Bengals have a better defense than last year. I just think the Titans, if they play that way, they're just very, very tough to beat. And Derrick Henry will keep being King Henry. What do you think? Um, I think it comes down to Jamar Chase playing or not. If Jamar Chase plays like it's leaning toward, I think the Bengals will win this game. I think the Bengals want this game desperately. Um, and I think, you know, the game plan has to be to get Tannehill to throw more. Uh, clearly, Derrick Henry is beast and one of, if not the best running back in this league. He's un unbreakable. He's... I would know. I said in the last episode, there's no doubt in my mind. I would never. I don't think there's a single person on this earth that wants to face him 30 times a week. Uh, I'm good. I would never want to tackle him. I'd be folded in half, body parts in different directions. I'm good. I think everyone else is good as well. Um, but I think the goal is to get Tannehill to throw. Uh, Tannehill, from as as you know, you know, especially from his Miami days, he's he's a good quarterback, but not great. You know, he gets the job done, but I think, you know, the Bengals, after making the Super Bowl last year, also started five and four last year. Now they're six and four uh, this year. I think that they uh, that they go into Tennessee and uh, do what the Giants did and stop Derrick Henry 
and uh, get a much needed win on the road. Uh, next game, Bears at the Jets. We might have Jets legend Trevor Simeon starting for the Bears and Mike White going for the Jets. Again, the Jets are playing at home. And if Justin Fields is out and we have Trevor Simeon starting, I just cannot see a way that the Bears can actually move this ball against that Jets defense. It won't even matter who's under center, and which kind of makes it a perfect time to get Mike White in there. Exactly. Um, this should be this should be a very very convincing win for the Jets. Well, actually, no, I want to. I digress. Not convincing because I don't think they'll score. They'll light up the scoreboard, but they should be able to keep that Bears offense at bay if Justin if Justin Fields is out. So give me the Jets here. Uh, they're favored by six right now because Justin Fields is not anticipated to play. And if that's the case, the Jets should win this game handily. What do I you think, Jets fan? What do you think? I think the Jets win this game. Um, I think the fact that they chose Mike White, who was sitting at third string until about a week ago, uh, and not going with Joe Flacco, who still has more touchdown passes than Zach Wilson. Um, I think that they obviously see something in Mike White. And I think uh, I think a little bit on the opposite end. I think if Trevor Simeon's in, it's going to be a rough game for the Bears regardless. But I think that this game is a game that the Jets and the fan base really wants to have and you know in a much needed win and almost almost kind of like a breath of fresh air because every game with us has always been down to the wire really close games down to the final drive and you know getting these these victories that we weren't you know meant to win but we got the wins and I think that the Jets get a nice 28 to 10 victory I think Mike White gets over 250 yards of passing, and I think he shows the fan base what they showed, what he showed last year when everyone wanted him to start over Zach Wilson last year. And he is the king that everyone thinks he is, and uh, you know has a really great game and in a game much needed for someone like Mike White to take over a quarterback. This is a game where the expectation is to win, but also to have fun. And I think he does that, and uh, the Jets win pretty handedly. Falcons at the Commanders, those pesky Falcons and those pesky Commanders. I mean, the Commanders' defense is just all of a sudden unstoppable, unmovable, and they're playing so great right now. And I think Chase Young is back for this game. So all that considered, this is just a recipe for disaster for the Falcons. They're just not playing well enough to beat a defense like that. Kyle Pitts out for the probably likely the remainder of the season. Not that it matters for fantasy owners, but you know, he is out uh, again, just not a lot going on with the Falcons. You know, unless you have Cordero Patterson return a kick every week, there's just not a lot going on there offensively. So give me the commanders here all day long. Taylor Heineke is just a legend right now. What do you think? He's got that dog in him. That's why, burr, burr, burr. that's why he's going to win this game. Because he's got that dog in him, something I wish Zach Wilson had. But he's got that dog in him. And yes, Chase Young is back. Also, you know, the Falcons are five and six, but they beat a Bears team last week that the Bears were a better team. But you saw Justin Fields got injured and he was a completely different quarterback in the second half. He was he was playing very protective, much different than what he, you know, what he was. He was clearly rattled. And the Falcons took advantage of that. And, yes, they got that kickoff return by Cordell Patterson. And 
you know, that's what led them to winning a, a really close and tough game. But I think they, they're really a four and seven team, but at the same time I could give it to them. Cause I, I feel that they should have beaten the Buccaneers a couple weeks back, but I do think that the commanders, this is exactly what you said, a recipe for disaster. It will be. I think that the, the commanders clearly win this game. And uh, I honestly don't think it's, it, it's really going to be that close. Broncos at the Panthers. Uh, the Broncos coming off that Vegas sweep, going up against the Panthers and Sam Darnold. Another Jets legend. We're just mentioning Jets legends over and over again. All day, all day, J-E-T-S. So, you know, it's it's one of those games where, you know, what it's, it's defense here. It's who has the better defense. Broncos have the better defense. I know they're on the road. This is not going to be a tough – this is not going to be an easy win by no means for the Broncos. Overall, statistically speaking, these players for the Panthers have better offensive numbers when Sam Darnold is under center traditionally from last season. So you might see a little bit more, you know, playmaking ability here. You know, Sam Darnold does run the ball a little bit more often than than P.J. Walker and Baker Mayfield. So, again, I know the Panthers are at home. But the Broncos are just they just have a a better defense. So give me the Broncos to win this one on the road, not by much. The Panthers will put up a fight, but the Broncos' defense is just that much better than than the Panthers, uh, unless they can actually keep the ball away from the Broncos' offense long enough, which is a possibility. I just can't see the Panthers scoring enough to beat the Broncos. What do you think? To be honest with you, I think Denver Broncos take this game. Uh, I don't think I don't, and obviously don't believe in Sam Darnold. I have plenty of history with that man. He's got zero dog in him as well. We went from no dog to no dog in quarterback talent. So I think that Denver Broncos get a win that they should have had anyway. They should be the exact opposite of who they are. They should be 7-3, and three, not 3-7. Three and seven. But it's an awful year for the Broncos. And I feel terrible for their fan base. But... I do think that they'll get a nice win in Carolina. I don't think Sam Darnold's anything remotely close to being a uh, starting quarterback. And uh, I think the Broncos take this one. I think their offense will be just enough to win this game. I think they'll clearly be a better team, but their offense has been so poor this season. But I still think the Broncos will win this game 24 to 17. That sounds fair. Uh, last game of the one o'clock slate, Ravens at the Jaguars. Again, Ravens are doing what they do. They play their style of their play their style of football, and it works for them. Jaguars coming off that bye week, though, they're healthier. They can, you know, probably put a little bit better better challenge up here. But I still think the Ravens are going to take it. Uh, Lamar Jackson should play. They're not totally healthy on the offensive side of the ball, but you know they do have enough weapons that they make it work. Mark Andrews is healthy. That's really all you need. To, to get W's if you're the Ravens. So give me the Ravens here, even though I think the Jaguars are going to put up a good fight. Shouldn't be that much of a disparity in score, but I still think the Ravens are going to squeak it out by likely four more. What do you think? I think this game's going to be really close. I think it's Jacksonville likes to have a lot of fun and play with a lot of heart at home. Uh, they've had some really close games, and they've even won some that they shouldn't have. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think the Ravens are banged up but I do think that they'll win this one. I think it's going to come down to that final drive and Lamar is Lamar. And uh, I think the Ravens squeak this one out. Moving 
forward now as we head to the four o'clock games. We have uh, more four o'clock games this week after usually getting only three. This time we have four. Uh, we are having the one and only Sean Payton Bowl going on first between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, great. This is going to be a fun game. Uh, I don't expect Kyle Murray to play, and even if he was, I still think the Chargers are going to win this one. The Chargers, uh, yes, they're 5-5, five and five, but I still believe that they are trying to make this playoff run and get into the playoffs. They could still do that. The NFC is, is very tricky. Um, I think they'll come down to competing with the Commanders or the Giants even for one of those final spots. And uh, it's going to be really interesting, but I think the Chargers are just a clearly better team right now at this moment in time. And I think that they get a nice three to four point victory and uh, take this one. What do you think? I like the Chargers to win this game. They're just healthier. Uh, even though they, they lost Mike Williams probably for another week after he re-aggravated that ankle. Uh, the char- the Chargers are, you know, they do, they're getting very good production out of Joshua Palmer. So they're not missing him too much there. Uh, as far as the Cardinals go, they have a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. You know, they they probably lost Rondell Moore for a little while. They have they still have Hollywood Brown back, and it's Colt McCoy under center. They have a bye week the week after, so I don't think that they're going to rush anybody back with the bye week looming like that. So this is a perfect recipe for the Chargers to get back on track after that really really demoralizing loss to the Chiefs, and you know, likely go to six and five. I got to ask you before we move on to the next game, uh, Mike Williams has been out basically this entire season, re-aggravating the injury. As a fan of football, and even if you were a Chargers fan, how are you feeling with this whole Mike Williams situation? Do you think one that I've, I've seen people on Twitter saying they should just shut him down? He's clearly not, never going to be at 100% throughout the year. Is it something that you would consider to maybe give someone else an opportunity like Palmer or someone you know of that range? Or do you you know, keep doing this uh, situation with Mike Williams and doing this week-to-week thing. What, what, what would you do? Well, the outcome of that game against the Chiefs might have been different if Mike Williams doesn't go down. Because ultimately, you know, Keenan Allen and Joshua Palmer are kind of the same type of player. They're more streaky, you know, across-the-middle type of guys. They're not really dominant on the outside. Even though Keenan Allen had that one big play on the outside that really set him up to, to take the lead in that, late in that game that they scored too fast, obviously, and you left too much time on the clock for Mahomes. Uh, Mike Williams is just a different breed of player. He's just so dominant on the outside. So if, you know, he made an incredible catch and just landed on that ankle and re-aggravated the injury. So with a high ankle sprain, you're never going to be 100%. Um, It's going to take too much rest, ultimately. And I can see them shutting him down probably for another week or two, but he'll be back in there. He's just too vital for for their success. And if they want to make a deep push at any point in the season, they're going to need Mike Williams. Moving toward the next game with the Las Vegas Raiders, another team that could potentially be after Sean Payton because Josh McDaniel should be fired, but that's just my opinion. I'm just going to say that. But you have the Raiders playing the Seahawks, and it's quarterback that's not that great, but everyone thinks he's great in Geno Smith. Uh, I do believe, though, that the Raiders are a awful team this year. Even with the weapons and the big names that they have, they just have not gotten it together. That starts from the head coach because McDaniels is awful. And I think Sean Payton is five times better than McDaniels could ever be. 
And I think his game plan is just going to be overwhelming for the Raiders. And I, I expect the Seahawks, especially at home, to absolutely dominate this game, even though they are not a better team or they shouldn't be a better team on paper. And uh, I expect the Seahawks to get a nice victory. What do you think? I mean, the Seahawks coming off their bye, so obviously they're rested, they're healthy, they're ready to go in this game, they're at home. I, I don't see the Raiders putting up a monster fight. I see them putting up points, though, because I can see both teams putting up points. It's just uh, it's just the fact that the, the Raiders have, have nothing in the secondary to really stop uh, Tyler Lockett or DJ Metcalf. They cannot stop the run, so you can, you can just anticipate that Kenneth Walker is just going to run wild in this game. Um, Devontae Adams is going to get his. He's been the most dominant receiver the last three weeks, and I don't anticipate that slowing down in this game. He just carves up rookie uh, corners like it's nothing. So I definitely see Devontae getting his. I can see him scoring, see them scoring points through him. I just don't see them doing enough to beat the Seahawks on the road. Rams at the Chiefs. Matthew Stafford is not playing in this game. Uh, I think the Chiefs have probably one of the easiest games on their schedule with this one, and I think the Chiefs will make quick work. What do you think? The Chiefs are going to make quick work. Uh, we could probably see a fourth quarter game that they just start resting people. Um, the the fact of the matter is that no defense is elite when they're always on the field, and when you're going to start a experiment like Bryce Perkins at quarterback. You can anticipate a lot of three and outs. You can anticipate a lot of punts. And that defense is never really going to get a, a blow. So when you don't get the rest and against Kansas City, this is just a recipe for an absolute disaster of a game. Uh, might even be a little bit unwatchable. I'm sure that's not what the NFL anticipated before the season started. This is probably one of their marquee games on the, on the schedule before the season started. But obviously, it just hasn't turned out that way. It's not the year for the Rams. And I see Kansas City just rolling here. There's really no other way to put it. They're just going to roll. Saints at the 49ers. This game sounds like it could be a good game, but I think the 49ers are just a better team. 49ers are at home for this one. And, uh, you know, to keep it brief, I think the 49ers don't really even make the Saints competitive. Um, And I, I think this is a 25-13 game and 49ers all the way. What do you think? I mean, I'm sure, again, before the season started, this was probably one of their marquee lineup. Sorry, uh, one of their marquee games of this of this weekend, and it's just not going to be that way. Uh, the Niners are rolling. They're just absolutely rolling. They're getting the production from the running back position between Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. Debo had a breakout game last weekend in Mexico City. George Kittle had a breakout game in Mexico City. Brandon Ayuk scored four, only caught two balls, but there were two touchdowns. Uh, Jimmy G threw four touchdowns. Again, they just rolled against the Cardinals, and the way that the Saints defense is built right now, they're so they're so injured they can't possibly cover everybody. And this is the 49ers rolling all day long. Uh, another marquee game going into this season was uh, this eight o'clock Sunday night game: Packers at the Eagles. I still think this is going to be a fun game, though, because uh, the Eagles show that they are a human after all. Um, after being 8-0, they lost to the Commanders and then squeaked through the Indianapolis Colts last week. I called that. Yeah, and you, you did call it, but I did get the victory, so I'll take it. But Ooh. I do think that it was a very good game, a game that I did not expect the Eagles to even 
let the Colts be that competitive, especially with their coaching situation in Indy. But uh, the Eagles did squeak away to victory, and the Packers are starting to put some games together and 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 win some. So I I they had a nice game against the Cowboys. Yes, they lost last week, but I do think the Packers will be pretty competitive in this game. And I do still think the Eagles, especially playing in Philadelphia, will win this game. But I think it's going to be a very close game, something that can come down to that final drive. What do you, what do you think? I mean, the Eagles are obviously downgraded on offense a little bit with Dallas Goddard being hurt. Takes away a big a big presence in the middle of the field. Um, usually, it's uh, Jalen Hurts' a safety blanket when it comes when it comes down to it, and he's just not there for the next couple of games. So that hinders them there. They're not running the ball as well as they normally would. Um, they can't stop the run either. That's another thing with the Eagles. I know they signed Limbo Joseph and Ndamukong Sue, but again, you know that's that might take a while to come to fruition what they're expected to provide for that team. So the Packers can run the ball. Obviously, we know that uh, they're getting great production out of Christian Watkins. He's finally waking up, uh, showing he he's a unicorn of a of an athlete. He's like one. He's one of one. Like he's really one of those freak athletes that's just making a lot of plays. So. I actually can see the Packers putting up a big old fight here. And I haven't, I don't think I've gone against you once today. It's not going to be this one, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, I still think the Eagles are going to win. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to, it's going to be a good game though. I really don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means because the Packers, obviously that's still Aaron Rodgers on the other side of that ball. He can still do some things, but I just like the Eagles to get a win at home here. I can't see them losing. Yeah. The only one we have different is the Bengals Titans where I picked the Bengals. You got the Titans. So that and that's gonna be a good game, one of the best of the week, like I said before. Uh, but heading into the finale, Monday night football. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, two teams clearly on that rebuild. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that the Colts are even four, six, and one. They've gone through three different quarterbacks this season. Um, it's been it's been a tough road. For a Colts fan, uh, even tougher, I guess, for the Steelers fans because they're seeing something they haven't seen in a long time. Mike Tomlin might go and uh, finish under 500 for the first time in his 15-year coaching career. Heading, It looks like it's heading toward that way. Uh, I believe, though, that the Colts will win this game being at home. Uh, there's there's some juju going around in, in, in Indianapolis. They they got a very much needed uh, a very nice win two weeks ago, and they almost took down the eight and one Philadelphia Eagles at home. I think that came down to the wire. Obviously, I I, I think now that they have Monday Night Football, uh, the lights bright. I think that they get a nice victory and uh, I guess improve to five six and one. What do you think? This is a Colts game. Uh, the, the, again, we're talking about the Colts have a really good defense. And that can't be ignored. They have a very good secondary. Stefan Gilmore's having a revitalized year out there. So I really don't see a way that the Steelers can put up enough points, not to mention stop the rejuvenated running game of the Colts. So this is a this is again not gonna be an exciting game, not gonna be super entertaining. The Colts play their brand of football and they play it well. And I can definitely see the Colts winning the game probably like twenty to fourteen, something along those lines. That's exactly what I have as well. Um, But that's going to be a wrap from the National Fan Loop episode 11. We will be back next week uh, as we wind down from Thanksgiving. 
I hope all of you have a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, stay safe out there. Stay hungry and enjoy. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Go Jets, hopefully. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Go Dolphins, for sure. <laughs>